What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Sid, what's going on, my man? Nothing much, nothing much. Making it, bro. Yes, sir. Uh man, we are going into the final game of this football season. That that's that's crazy. This season seemed to have flown by, man. Already. But uh we're gonna start with the big trade that happened over the weekend. Uh the Detroit Lions getting a haul for Matthew Stafford, uh, by sending him to the Rams for two first round picks, a third round pick, and Jerry Goff. What is, what is uh, your thoughts about that trade? I was so ready to talk this trade because, for one, I've been seeing a lot of people's reactions on social media. A lot of people feel like they gave up too much. A lot of people feel like they didn't get enough, actually. Uh, I think this was a perfect trade for both teams. If you the Lions, I just felt it was impossible to turn this down. Like you just said, two first-round picks and a third, and you get golf. You know, a lot of people forget, you know, golf – I don't want to say led a team to the Super Bowl. However, he was a, a quarterback that had uh, something to do with his team being successful and making making it to the Super Bowl. He actually played right, uh, great that year. Yeah. I know yeah. Ty Gurley was the was the you know the make, the vocal point on offense. However, golf did play tremendously well that year. So if you're the Lions, like I said, there's no way you could turn this down. Let's say Vince's golf goes and he's he's decent. He's a top 15 quarterback. They start to bring pieces in. You got all those additional draft picks. It makes sense. If you're the Rams, you're looking at it. Uh, you just feel like you're that one piece away. Just so happening that one piece is the most important piece in football, which is the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of those guys. I do not like teams that have everything in place except for a quarterback. I, I don't yeah. like teams that, that you know, do that year after year like the Bears pretty much have been doing these last couple of seasons. So, Look, it, what good is that pick going to do for us if we don't have a quarterback? Exactly. They had to they had to bite the bullet. They had to go ahead and get this deal done. They did. I'm very excited to see Stafford uh, in that role uh, with the Rams. I'm more than sure he's going to knock it out of the park. I expect him to be a top seven to ten quarterback next year, uh, and I expect the Rams to to go places. I expect them to. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they represent the NFC in the in the championship game. Uh, the first thing I want to address is for anybody who says the Detroit Lions didn't get enough, stop it. Like I don't, I don't know what more you. I don't know what y'all think Matthew Stafford is, <laughs> <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who I say I say Matthew Stafford gonna end up in the Hall of Fame before he mm-hmm. before he even left Detroit. I'm saying he's gonna end up in the Hall of Fame, but for him to fetch Detroit two first rounders and a third rounder and a quarterback who can be their future. You yeah, can't, you can't no turn that down. Yeah. No way possible. You can't get no more than that. Um, and you weren't getting there from any other team because in my opinion, the Rams basically pay overpaid you in order to take golf off of their hands. Basically. Not because he's a horrible quarterback, but they say him and Sean McVay had ended up bumping heads. Like, they not getting yeah. along no more. So, look, if my yeah. head coach and my quarterback not getting along, then right. we got – we get we choosing one or the other. In this case, right. you choose the McVay 100, you know, every time. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I agree with you on this trade, man. This was a perfect trade for both teams. Yeah. I want to say the Rams – I, I want to say the only first-rounder that the Rams have on their team is Aaron Donald. 
that mm-hmm. they drafted on their own. In the last, yep. And now mm-hmm. they don't have another first rounder for another three, two three years. Three years. I think it's three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have a team that's ready to win now. And in everybody's estimation, they were either a really good running back away or just a better quarterback away. Yeah. And they went out there and they got a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, a quarterback who doesn't whose success won't be reliant on what their run game gives them. Uh, I see Matthew Stafford as being an MVP candidate next year. Yeah, um, and I I said the same, yep. You putting him into a position that he's never been in. Yeah, he had those years with Calvin Johnson, but you always look to the other side and said, Well, who's over there? You know? Mm-hmm. Now you put him in a situation where he has one of the best wide receiver duos in the league, and then he has two very respectable tight ends, along with a guy I know you're real big on, Cam Akers, who came along towards the end of mm-hmm. the season. Um, I know right now the Rams sit at uh, third favorites to win the NFC next year, and that's about right to me behind Tampa right. Bay and Green Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. The Rams, I, I from what we say, if they don't make any other moves throughout this offseason, I see them – they put themselves in a position to be Super Bowl contenders for next year. Yeah, so I, definitely, I definitely agree. I love the trade for all parties involved, for Detroit, for the Rams, and for Matthew Stafford. He got to go somewhere where he wanted to be. <clears throat> uh, Detroit did right by him in those regards. And like I say, they came out big on that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just want to clear it up because I speak sports with a lot of people, man. We all have those folks at work, uh, you know, those – two or three people in your phone contacts who you know going to hit you up about every trade that happens. Yeah. So I've seen a lot, I've seen this differently than a lot of other people I speak sports with, and I just want to clear it up. I'm not saying that this was the best choice for Stafford, or I'm willing to, to give up what the, what the Rams gave up for Stafford, if I'm any old team. Yeah, But yeah. for the Rams, yeah. this makes sense for mm-hmm. the Rams. Yep. Not for every team in the NFL, but for the Rams, this makes sense. To me, there's only one other team that that would have made sense for, and that's the 49ers. If the 49ers had given up the same type of deal to first mm-hmm. and third Jimmy Garoppolo, I can see it because, once again, they're a better quarterback away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have everything else. They have the defense. They have the uh, playmakers on offense. Um, so the Rams and 49ers, those are the only two teams that I could have seen a deal like this and been like, you did right. I, could, you know? I can throw a, a, a couple other teams in there for me. Um, it was San Francisco. Anybody who speaks sports with me knows I feel any quarterback that is a tier two quarterback or above will be lights out in San Francisco. I feel like San Francisco offense would be better for Stafford even more than the Rams offense. But uh, the other teams that I feel like that could could have done this or something very similar to it was the Chicago Bears, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I feel like they need a a strong-arm quarterback to make that offense go, and I think Stafford would have been lights out over there as well. Um, We said the Colts. Who else we got? The Colts, San Francisco, and the Bears. That's Yeah, that's about it for me. And with the Bears, that's a division team. You knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, he wasn't going to. Yeah, yeah. But they've been a quarterback away. Off the table, that one wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I disagree just because of how well they are with drafting. Uh, Like over the years, bringing in Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard and guys like that with that first pick. Man, you don't give up. You don't give up, you know, two more of those, especially when you you still got other places on that team that they're going to have to address. Yeah, uh, uh, especially on defense now. 
And see, the Colts only the, the Colts only went that way because Andrew Luck got beat to hell. That's the only reason why they, mm-hmm. you know, draft been drafting the way that they've been drafting yeah. upon that great offensive line. But other than outside of that, they haven't had great success. But I just had a conversation with a very good friend, you know, Sean. Uh, and we spoke probably for 45 minutes easy, just like how our conversations go. And I don't care how good your team is, just like I told him, I don't care how good your team is, unless you have a quarterback who you can somewhat count on, that means nothing once the playoffs start. I just feel like the Bears' defense can be lights out. They're not going nowhere with Mitchell Trubisky. And I don't I don't want the coach to fall to that is, is, is another thing. I really feel like uh, they can't bring any old body or – for what they're picking in the draft, they can't just sit back and try to let a quarterback fall, you know, in their lap. Yeah, they definitely can't let a, a, a quarterback fall in their lap. But I think that they could give up way less to bring in a Wentz if he absolutely if he absolutely becomes available, or bring in a Sam Darnold. Um, and I think I think guys like that, even Jimmy Garoppolo, if he ended up mm-hmm. uh, parting ways with the 49ers, he could absolutely mm-hmm. work in that system. Um, yeah, I don't like none of those guys. But to, to get a Matthew Stafford when you could have got a golf, you know, yeah. and, and been successful with that. I don't yeah. I don't feel like uh, they needed to overpay to get somebody of a Matthew Stafford, you know. Yeah, and I, that's what we kind of disagree because if, yeah. I'm a quarter, if I feel like I'm a quarterback away, yeah. and I'm not saying and that, that was the we coach. Disagree. I don't think the yeah. coach are a quarterback away. I think uh, they okay. can have more that they have to form with their team, especially okay. on the defensive side. Yeah, that's why I say you yeah. don't give away those picks when you yeah. have other needs that you still need to be addressed. Yeah, I don't feel like they're a quarterback away. Yeah, those, and I feel like, like if they were the Rams and the 49ers, I feel like mm-hmm. those teams for sure are a quarterback away and now mm-hmm. the Saints. But I knew that we weren't going to, you know, not this early in the offseason to be able to pull off anything like that. So, yeah, definitely. And the 49ers and the Rams were the teams that I felt like, oh, they, they're a quarterback away, go all in for them. I got you. Yeah, man, I just feel like the Colts had such such a, a great year, this current year that we're still in, that losing Phillip Rivers to retirement, mm-hmm. if they get a quarterback, they can be right there. They were right, right in the hunt even this year. Yeah. I mean, they were in the hunt, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in order to get back to what you've done this year, I'm saying you have to bring in a quarterback. And I don't feel none of those guys can do what Phillip Rivers done this season. Yeah. Uh, the Jared Goff, the Carson Wentz. Yeah. And even more so, the Colts had a defense that overachieved. Uh, so that's not going to happen again next season, most mm-hmm. likely. So mm-hmm. then there's, yeah, like I say, you're going to have to, you know, address some more things than that. Yeah. Um. So just, well, I mean, staying on the topic of quarterbacks in this offseason, because this offseason, so uh, yeah, this offseason more than any that I can think of recently, man, I saw Adam Schefter say he was setting the over under at 18 uh, quarterback changes this offseason. Mm-hmm. And that seems about right, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already got the Matthew Stafford one. Uh, that one's uh, already done. So that's the Rams and Detroit switching quarterbacks. Yep. Um, you got Deshaun Watson saying that he wants out. He um, will get out. Brees has retired, or mm-hmm. we, we expect Drew Brees to retire. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of quarterback movement going on. Uh, let's start with Deshaun Watson, the biggest, yeah. the biggest mm-hmm. and best out there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts about him and his situation? Because I saw something today that made me 
changed my position on wow. what he has going on. Right wow. Now. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very anxious to, <laughs> to see what is going. But like I've told you in the past, he's getting, I feel like Deshaun Watson is getting out. Yeah. Uh, this guy, to me, is a forced talent goes. He's a top five quarterback. Uh, I love Deshaun Watson. I was big on him in college. He was one of those players that I did follow that, uh, you know, I thought the world loved. Mm-hmm. And I met just going back to speaking with Sean, like I've told him, if Pat, if Deshaun Watson would have went to KC over Pat Mahomes, whatever, and he had, and KC would have still have had the success they have had drafting Deshaun, it wouldn't have never surprised me. I yeah. really think you know the world of Deshaun Watson. I, I don't think there's a pass he can't make. Uh, to me, he's a, he's you know for what I've known to be a, a leader on and off the field. He doesn't yeah. you know get in trouble. None of that good stuff. Uh, he's not going to be the reason you lose ball games. It's just that he was drafted by an organization that was headed in the wrong direction. Uh, I have no faith in their front office. The front office they had, the front office they have now. It, yeah. Obviously, he don't want to be there. And I hate to, to compare sports because they're so different. But just like I was speaking with you about the James Harden situation. Mm-hmm. And once he got ugly, I said, oh, yeah, he, he's going to get out. Once players start saying uh, certain things, you know, yeah. uh, you can't go back from that. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think that they have to move on from um, from Watson. They're saying all the right stuff. Oh, he's our guy. We don't want to move on. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to say. But realistically, not only do I think he's going to get he's going to move on, I think he's going to go to where he wants to go. And that's New York. So, at the beginning of all, all the way up until this morning, mm-hmm. I was on the side of he's going to get moved. He's going to fetch them the biggest haul that we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna be just like the Matthew Seven situation where both teams come off well with the trade. That's how mm-hmm. I feel about it. Whether it's the Jets, whether it's Miami. Uh, no matter where it is, the Houston would get enough back from Deshaun Watson to set themselves up to really rebuild, which is what they're going into right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. I read an article this morning, and just like the James Harden situation, we talked about Deshaun Watson uh, a while ago, right after the James Harden situation had concluded. And I was saying Deshaun Watson isn't James Harden, which – when we first started talking about the James Harden situation, I didn't think James Harden was James Harden. Like, I didn't think, I told you once the season started, James Harden would die down and let it go and stuff like that, and that's not what happened. Cool. I don't think Deshaun Watson is that type of guy to make that type mm-hmm. of fuss going forward. And I posed you the question. I said, so what if they don't want to trade him? Then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to go out there and play football. Like, if, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to go do that. And it kind of seems like they're willing to do that right now because I'm hearing all the same things that you're hearing about. No, he's our guy. He's who we want to roll with. That's who we plan on having next year. And I saw it the same way as you did as man, they fan the right things, but behind the scenes, they got to be working to get this dude out of here. He doesn't want to be here. And I read an article today of the bleacher report saying how they're really out here turning down people's calls. No, we're not training him. No, we're not interested in whatever you, whatever package you put together. Like, no, we're going to stick with Deshaun Watson. Do I think he's a Texan throughout the next season? No. But now I feel like the trade gets done later rather than sooner. Hmm. Yeah. 
<clears throat> what that does for what they can give. They're probably hurt shooting themselves in the foot by going with it, by going about it this way. Um, because by, you know, week two or week three of next season, you finally decide, look, we just got to get rid of them. Then you've lost out on a whole lot of suitors and a whole lot of what you could have gotten for them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a talent such as his at that position, I can also understand why you're going to try everything in the world that you can to convince this dude that this is still where you want to be. Yeah. Um, so I do think he gets moved. Um, I just don't know how quickly that'll happen at this point. And just like that you just said, when you're dealing with someone um, like Deshaun Watson, you got to play it careful. Uh, the Texans are trying to make sure that they do get all that they possibly can mm-hmm. get. And I don't think they shoot themselves in the foot because I feel like whatever has been offered to them two weeks ago, they can go back and retrieve that same request a month from here because it's Deshaun Watson. But that's different than next season. Once you actually get to play football, because if you're telling all these teams that Deshaun Watson aren't available, teams got to make moves. Oh, I definitely think he's gone this year. So you think that he'll be gone next year versus no, this I'm, year? I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if week one of next season he's still a Texan. Okay, and it gets and moved I, within the actual season is what I'm saying. Okay, and yeah. see, I see, I see it being done before then. Yeah, because once once a team, what a team, not a team, but once teams know this guy don't want to mm-hmm. be here. Once teams know that they have a quarterback who we feel is a top five talent in his league. They're not going to rest until he's moved. Like, yeah. forget what the Texans want to do. That's not going to stop others from calling. And what I like about the about Houston is they have another player who they're trying to figure out what his future is going to be with the team. And to me, that's what makes this Deshaun Watson situation so appealing is also JJ, the fact J.J. Watt uh, can be moving on from, from Houston. Yeah. Well, Houston can be moving on from Watt um, yeah. for me to word, word that better. So – I just think that makes it even more of a reason to move him up, move him off sooner than later if you're the Texans. But I think the Texans are going to play this slowly. Okay, we know what everybody is offering, but the longer we wait, the more desperate other teams get. And you're basically bitten against yourself um, at that point. You know, they got teams bitten against themselves. You already promised me three first-round picks. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, okay, hold, I got something better. We're trying to see what such and such cooking up. Somebody, oh, bro, four. Let's let's do four and get this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, So yeah, yeah. I just think they're in a situation where they can't lose. But um, I definitely think it's going to come down to where Deshaun wants to go. That's, to me, one of the most important things. To make that type mm-hmm. of fuss going forward. And I posed you the question. I said, so what if they don't want to trade him? Then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to go out there and play football. Like, if, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to go do that. And it kind of seems like they're willing to do that right now. Because I'm hearing all the same things that you're hearing about, no, he's our guy. He's who we want to roll with. That's who we plan on having next year. And I saw it the same way as you did as, man, they saying the right things. But behind the scenes, they got to be working to get this dude out right. of here. He doesn't want to be here. And I read an article today of the uh, uh, Bleacher Report saying how they're really out here turning down people's calls. No, we're not training him. No, we're not interested in whatever you, whatever package you put together. Like, no, we're going to stick with Deshaun Watson. Do I think he's a Texan 
throughout the next season, no. But now I feel like the trade gets done later rather than sooner. Mm. Yeah. What that does for what they can give, they're probably hurt shooting themselves in the foot by going with it, by going about it this way. Um, Because by, you know, week two or week three of next season, you finally decide, look, we just got to get rid of them. Then you've lost out on a whole lot of suitors and a whole lot of what you could have gotten for them now. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you have a talent such as his at that position, I can also understand why you're going to try everything in the world that you can to convince this dude that this is still where you want to be. Yeah. Um, so I do think he gets moved. Um, I just don't know how quickly that'll happen at this point. And just like that you just said, when you're dealing with someone um, like Deshaun Watson, you got to play it careful. Uh, the Texans are trying to make sure that they do get all that they possibly can mm-hmm. get. And I don't think they shoot themselves in the foot because I feel like whatever has been offered to them two weeks ago, they can go back and retrieve that same request a month from here because it's Deshaun but Watson. That's different, but that's different than next season. Once, once you actually get to play football, because if you're telling all these teams that Deshaun Watson aren't available, teams got to make moves. Oh, I definitely think he's going this year. So you think that he'll be going next year versus no, this I'm, year? I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if week one of next season he's still a Texan. Okay, and it gets and I, within the actual season is what I'm saying. Okay, and yeah. see, I see, I see it being done before then. Yeah, because once once a team, what a team, not a team, but once teams know this guy don't want to mm-hmm. be here. Once teams know that they have a quarterback who we feel is a top five talent in his league. They're not going to rest until he's moved. Like, yeah. forget what the Texans want to do. That's not going to stop others from calling. And what I like about the about Houston is they have another player who they're trying to figure out what his future is going to be with the team. And to me, that's what makes this Deshaun Watson situation so appealing is also JJ, the fact J.J. Watt uh, can be moving on from, from Houston. Yeah. Or Houston can be moving on from Watt um, yeah. for me to word, word that better. So – I just think that makes it even more of a reason to move him uh, move him off sooner than later if you're the Texans. But I think the Texans are going to play this slowly. Okay, we know what everybody is offering, but the longer we wait, the more desperate other teams get. And you are basically bitten against yourself um, at that point. You know, they got teams bitten against themselves. You already promised me three first-round picks. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, okay, hold, I got something better. We're trying to see what such and such cooking up. Somebody, oh, bro, four. Let's let's do four and get this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just think they're in a situation where they can't lose. But um, I definitely think it's going to come down to where Deshaun wants to go. That's, to me, one of the most important things. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with that's what Houston should do. Mm-hmm. But once again, there's uh, the other factor in this that people fail to pay attention to, which is the head coach is tied to this. Like you got mm-hmm. you got somebody who's finally uh, gotten their shot at being a head coach. Uh, this dude is 65, I want to say, and this is his first time getting the chance of being a head coach. Mm-hmm. But whether you're a young head coach or an older head coach, you want to know you want to tie your success to the best. Uh, available mm-hmm. and the best available for this coach to tie his success to is Deshaun Watson. 
So he's going to try whatever the hell it is that he can in order to keep Deshaun Watson in-house because his success is tied to that. But what success you're going to have with no draft picks and no future and uh, uh, J.J. Watt, who's, who's not effective. I just think if he's I mean, trying to... The J.J. Watt thing, I feel like they was moving on from him regardless after this pass. Oh. I want to say but, they were trying to move on from him at the deadline last year. Well, they didn't trade him, which was so crazy to me because they had good offers. I think they got up to a second-round pick for Watt at one point. But anyway, what I'm saying is he's not he's not Watt, the J.J. Watt he used to be. So yeah, I'm basically what I'm saying is you have no defense at this point if, if you're the Texans. You have no defense. Mm-hmm. You really don't have a good offense. The only thing that's good about you is your quarterback, but he no longer wants to be here. So, but, but you just pointed out every reason why you want to hold on to but, your quarterback because you but have. Watch to this. But, but yeah. watch this. You also have no future with draft picks. Exactly. So by you trading this quarterback who don't want who don't want to be here, now yeah. you can give yourself somewhat of a future. Not somewhat. You give yourself a future because of the haul you're going to get for him. Correct. Uh, once yeah. again, this is not what I'm disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you. But once again, you can also look at it as I can get a haul with these picks, but then it's always going to turn around to what do I do with these picks? Are any of these picks going to be Deshaun Watson? I would rather put that in my hands. I would rather put those picks in my hands and I have something to do with the outcome of these picks versus me resting my dependence on a quarterback who don't want to be here. Yeah, we look at that completely different. Yeah, I will put my money on the thing that I know is a sure thing, which is Deshaun Watson being a great quarterback in the NFL. How great? To trust my GM to draft what whoever to to make my success on. Do you expect Houston's defense to be better or worse or the same as as this season? The same. I'll say the same. Do Do you expect their rushing attack to improve dramatically than what it has this season? No, not dramatically. No. So, so you're telling me the defense gonna stay the same, the rushing game gonna stay the same. We know the bad old line gonna stay the same. So, mm-hmm. what, what, how much better can Watson be, or how many more games can he win if everything's staying the same? That's all I'm saying. You're telling me you want you, you're basing your what success would, off of Watson. What would, them, what would them drafting a guard uh, with a pick? Uh, what would them drafting a guard with a first round pick do for them this year? Next year, what's that going to change? You're what is what is changing is the culture. We're building a culture to protect our quarterback or protect whoever we get in the house. Kind of like what the coach did. They had a great quarterback. They had a great beat the hell. Then they he was getting the line around him. That's what I'm saying. He, no, he was getting beat the hell. He was gone by the time they got this great old line. No, no, they started drafting their old lineman while Andrew Luck was there. That was he they, was the reason why they. Started they, they, that offensive line. No, listen to what I'm saying. They start forming it, but by the time they became themselves to be the best at their positions that we know them to be, he was gone. Andrew Luck, that was they was that the last year. Andrew Luck wasn't there last year. So by the time they got to be with what they are now, best in their position, they never played that with luck. But what I'm saying with, with Watson is the same thing. If you move on from him, maybe it take this first round pick two years to develop to be top 15 in their position, top 10, whatever. Just fit the scheme and be effective. Now we have a, a we have a, a scheme on offense. We have enough players to have a great scheme on defense. Long as you have Watson, you have no future picks, and you got a guy who don't want to be here. I just don't see how that works. Whether one, he throw for whether he throw for 350 and four touchdowns or 180 and three interceptions. 
That new body language ain't going to change. He's going to play football, but I'm saying he's not going to do all the things that he once did to try to prep his team to win, make sure everything is in place. Why? I don't want to be here. Yeah, I disagree with that. But more importantly, logically, as a, once again, as a coach, if me or you as a 65-year-old coach and we getting our first shot, which means it's probably our last shot at being mm -hmm. a head coach in the NFL, the future don't really matter to me because I only got two, three years at this. Well, you're doomed if you do, and you're doomed if exactly. you don't. If you look, so if you're looking at it like that, riding the back of the Sean Watson, just logically, if I'm looking at how a coach would be looking at that, because I yeah. felt the same about Matthew Stafford, which is the reason why I, which, which is the reason why I think they landed on Dan Campbell, because anybody else stepping into that situation is saying, no, we got to keep Matthew Stafford as our quarterback. That's who I'm going to tie my success to, Matthew Stafford, not. Whatever y'all have, and uh, whatever y'all have thought of, whether that was golf or whether that was just parting ways with him and drafting somebody, that's the thing that moved a whole lot of coaches off of that job. Because if you're not telling me I'm going to have Matthew Stafford there to tie my success to, then no, I'm not. I can go find something a better situation than that. Because that's what head coaches are always tying themselves to their quarterback. Mm -hmm. So you telling, but so you telling me that. Once again, I, I agree with you that it's best for Houston to move up off of them and get that everything that they can. But I'm also saying I can see how a first-time head coach wants to tie himself to the third <laughs> thing versus yeah. the yeah. And we, we, and, yeah, and we just disagree because you. I feel what you're saying. I don't want, I, I don't want you to, to misquote me on that. I completely get what you're saying. Watson is the for sure thing here. But what I'm telling you is you, we keep using the word success. Nothing is successful about winning six or seven games in the NFL. And that's what that's the likelihood of Houston next year with Watson. So what, what I'm saying is, do you rather win seven games with a guy who don't want to be there? And then next year you still don't have a first round pick. And I think the following year they don't have a second or something crazy like that. Do yeah. you want that? Or do you want to say, let's win three games, draft top seven or eight? trade this dude, get all these draft picks. Now we're using their picks, our picks. What I'm saying is whether you're a head coach or what, to me, that just makes more sense than suffering with him. That makes more sense if you're a Dan Campbell and you're a 30, 40-year-old head coach and you have, you have a timetable of, look, I'm going to be a coach again, regardless of what happens, you know? Okay. So let's give this coach that Houston just just and I almost stay on this too long, but let's just give this coach. I mean, we already uh, been on it too yeah. long. So keep All right, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's give this coach a window of say two three years. Mm -hmm. He wins six games next this next year. They don't have picks, so he wins five games next year. Mm -hmm. He out of there. Point blank. Period. Mm -hmm. Is is no way to get around that. Is is no way. So. So I just and, and my and my and I understand what you're saying, but as me looking at it, if there is a way around that, is that the route of worrying about future picks or betting on Deshaun Watson making something out of nothing? Would be my question picks. to you. Because yeah, if you, future picks for me, how if you ain't gonna be there for the future? <laughs> like that's how, what I'm saying. We worried about how, our coach how, is worried about the present right now. He's worried about winning games because you, you said seven games with Deshaun Watson next year. That's four or five more games that he would win than not having Deshaun Watson. And the outcome is still the same. There's no way you're going to try to force me into 
There's no way you could force my hand when you just had a coach trade Deshaun. I'm sorry, that traded D-Hop for a second-round pick and a 31-year-old running back. I'm just saying this man is taking over a bad situation. It's kind of like the Carolina situation when you, you bring it on Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Robbie Anderson, you lost Greg Olson, you know, he's no longer. It's, it's a new situation. It's a new dynamic. Then you don't have Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying that's not a good situation for a head coach to step in. Just like I mean, we know that. That's why he got the job. Like that's, yeah. but that's my point. But that's yeah, my and, point. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is an unfair situation that he's stepping into. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way around it. But as a head coach, as an organization, I just can't understand why it would make more sense to hold on to him just for the sake of winning a couple, trying this out for two years. In two years, he win twelve games, and then we still sitting here looking at ourselves with no way of getting better. Yeah, and once again, <laughs> as an organization, I agree with you. Yeah. As a head coach, what are you tying yourself to? That's, that's my point of it. Um, but you. once again, like I say, I, I see it happening just no time soon at this point I got you. from what okay. I'm seeing and what I'm reading about. Well, well, luckily for us, there's a whole lot of other quarterbacks that should be on the move or that has a possibility of being on the move. So what I want to do right now, I'll just throw a quarterback at you, let you know what their situation is, and you tell me where their best destination would be, um, in your opinion, if they're moved. So at first, they had a lot of talk about the speculation of Matt Ryan, someone who uh, was a former lead MVP, led his team to the Super Bowl, and was very successful in the West Coast offense with the Atlanta Falcons with uh, my boy uh, Kyle who I feel like could turn water into wine. Uh, <laughs> but Atlanta, it seems, have realized the financial uh, devastation that Matt Ryan would leave them in if he is released or traded. So in, um, in your opinion, where do you think would be a great spot for him if moved? <laughs> Atlanta. I, I think it's best for him to stay put. Um, okay. For them and for himself, honestly, uh, they're not in a position to start fresh. Uh, and draft one of these four or five quarterbacks that we're looking like uh, looking at in the draft this year. Okay. Um, so anything that you trade off Matt Ryan for is going to be less than Matt Ryan at this point um, with no future because the quarterbacks that we're looking at are all pretty, you know, 30, around that mm -hmm. age. So how much more of a future you're going to get uh, from any of these quarterbacks? And then, like I say, how many of them are actually better than Matt Ryan. Like, mm -hmm. I understand the financial, you know, ramifications of some of that stuff, but uh, I think Atlanta is in a position where they need to hold what they have uh, for the most part, and because we talked about them a lot during the season, uh, and hope that the culture change uh, brings out the best of their team, rather than trying mm -hmm. to move off the pieces and stuff. Yeah, so I kind of look at Matt Ryan as the same situation as Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe Matt Ryan is who I consider to be one of those tier two quarterbacks that I speak of uh, quite a bit. And I feel like in the right situation, uh, he can really look like an MVP again. Yeah, uh, He still has very good arm strength. He still can throw the deep ball. It's not a pass he, he can't make. And he's not going to be the reason you lose games. Yeah, Saying that, I like him in San Francisco. If you can move finances to the side and say um, – Let's not worry about his, his penalty. Let's not worry about what we have to give up to get, get him. Uh, I really like him um, reunited with Kyle in San Francisco yeah. in that West Coast offense where they 
run the ball with no matter what running back is available. Um, they receivers are really starting to step up. We already know what George Kittle is. That's something, uh, you know, Austin Hooper was great in that run that they had when they reached the Super Bowl. You give him George Kittle with all the underneath stuff that Matt Ryan throws. I mean, man, I have no doubt in my mind that he'll light it up in San Francisco. But like I said, as of right now, it looked like he's staying, he's staying uh, put. So I, that breaks I agree. You, you can't say 49ers for every one of these quarterbacks. Let me let me scratch it. No, (laughs) (laughs) you know how I feel about San Fran's (laughs) offense, man. But it takes me to my next quarterback, a guy who had a very interesting story coming into this year that we're still currently in. This dude was a former MVP, got his team to the Super Bowl where they they lost very uh, badly to the Denver Broncos a couple years ago. Uh, Number one pick, Cam Newton, who. out of the league. No, I, I'm playing. Uh, I don't. I, I, <laughs> <sighs> he will be in the league. He will okay. be in best. The best situation for him or for a team is for him to be a backup quarterback, though. For him to mm-hmm. be a second string quarterback. With that being said, could I see him starting next year? Yes. If so, where? A team like Houston. If they part ways with Deshaun Watson and don't actually want to uh, take a quarterback back and they're just banking on their draft picks, uh, bringing in a quarterback who's already ready to start and has started and proven that he's a starter in this league uh, while they let uh, a quarterback sit behind him, um, I could see that. So I'm going to say the Houston Texans, although Mm -hmm. I think the best thing for him and for any team is for him to be a backup at this point. Uh, versus a starter. And for me, I'm not sure if Cam has humbled himself enough to really take the James Winston approach and say, hey, I feel like I'm still a starter. I feel like I'm starting material, but let me go learn from one of these quarterback gurus, QB whisperers, or one of these great organizations that I could just sit back, I'm not asked to do much, and learn then possibly go back and renegotiate. I don't think Cam has reached that yet. With that being said, there are some teams that have QB uh, vacancies that I think he could step in and be better than who they have in-house and possibly possibly save them their future where they don't have to give up draft picks or, you know, uh, guaranteed amount of money to any of these free agent QBs. Now, this is going to be interesting because I can only think of one team. So go ahead. Who you got? Chicago. And I have the Colts. Yeah, I think I I would if I'm the coach I would roll with Jacoby Brissett before I let Cam Newton start. And uh, that's but but that's what and that's exactly what I'm saying. That that's a possibility. He basically sat behind. Um, what's my um, Philip Rivers? Yeah, Philip Rivers. I went one day. And right, started right the year before Philip got. Yeah, it. and he start exactly. Yeah, and uh, he got a contract. He remember he got traded from New England. Played well. Uh, got a contract, kind of regrets yeah. that next year, and then uh, they decided to bring in Phillip Rivers. But with Cam going over there, he would understand that, hey, I got a, a chance of competing for a spot versus going sit behind whoever and just letting the chips fall however they fall. I think the Colts' uh, offense, they O-line, Jonathan Taylor has, has come to life. Mm-hmm. They found their running back. They still have decent uh, weapons on the outside. Uh, so I, I really think Cam could step in that offense and not be asked to do a whole lot, and he could find himself and be protected. And we could see him play a healthier style of football than what we saw last year. If Cam hasn't become humble enough yet, 
to to accept a uh, a backup quarterback position in the NFL, he's not gonna get there. Um, and then he'll find himself out of the league next season. If if last season him not getting a call until the end of July and it being from one team who was just in desperation mode, if that didn't prove to him that he's one foot out of the league at this point uh, and humbled him enough to be able to will to be willing to go sit behind somebody to try to have a, a resurgence uh, in the NFL, then he's not going to get to that point. He's just going to find himself out of the league, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, and I, I just don't. I don't see that from him there's right too now. Many, there's too many good quarterbacks available uh, or seen as available this offseason for somebody to be banking that much trust in Cam Newton when uh, one of these other guys might not cost them as much and might actually secure them for a longer stretch. You well, know? see, although there's a couple QBs that's on the move, all these QBs necessarily don't make those teams better that have QB vacancies. I don't uh, think Cam Newton makes any team better, unless you want to say Chicago, and that's still debatable. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, and, that, and, and, it, and it is. It's very debatable. But I feel like there's a chance that he goes there and start and be better than what you have. So it, it may not make us better instantly as a team, but he's an overall better choice at quarterback than what we currently have. Is he though? Like that, that's, uh, that's my thing. I'm not. I'm not saying it's like. Oh, I'm taking him over Mitchell Trubisky. It's not a question. Yeah, and, and we've discussed this a few times, even on the show. What I saw from Cam Newton last year, none of it was good. And I'm yeah, not. Even, but that's, and I'm that's, not that's, even talking that's not about. Fair to do. It is fair to do because once again, it's not about because we talked about this plenty of times. It's not about the talent that was around him. It's the throws that he was attempting to make that he just couldn't make. Like I. But, but, we're looking at Carson Wentz and saying, hey, bro, you hurt your leg. Why you can't make these passes no more? Like, that don't make sense. And it's the same thing with Cam Newton. He can't make passes that he could have made two years ago. And we talked about it. Uh, he wasn't ever able to make every pass that needed to be made. So he mm-hmm. was already limited in those regards. And then yeah. last season, he looked even less of that. And I think it had a lot to do with just no separation. How many times we seen New England play football last season, Cam run around, run around, he gets sacked or he throws it away, whatever. Then you see the replay and nobody's open. Like that was the same thing when Tom Brady was there the, the last year. It's not that Tom regressed significantly because his numbers dropped in every category for a quarterback. Nobody could get open, bro. It's, it's nobody who you have to fear. So Cam Newton missed a lot of passes last year. True, he missed a lot, but uh, but also a lot of people just couldn't get open. And I'm not, and once again, I'm not knocking him for that part of it because once mm-hmm. again, he was working with the same talent, if not less than what Tom. Yes, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. But he missed a lot of passes. He couldn't make throws that he had already been able to make. Like I say, just two seasons ago, he's yeah. regressing. I feel you, and I like I said, if you tell me uh, uh, that he's going to be better than Jacoby. I can somewhat believe that. If you tell me they both have the same equal opportunities at camp, of course, Cam has to learn the playbook, so Jacoby yeah. will go in with a step over him. But if Cam somewhat overtake him midseason or if Jacoby plays bad the first three, week, first three weeks and now you insert Cam, I'm just saying I can see that happening. And I would, if I'm the coach, I'm opening that with open doors, because uh, with open arms because I don't have to overpay for him. 
And that, and once again, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me at all. And I like what you just said, not having to overpay for him. If he's yeah. taking a deal like he took last year with the Patriots, and he's understanding oh, he that it's a he's not gonna have no choice, and he's understanding that it's a competition, and that's fine. But I'm not banking any type of uh, oh no no I'm not going insanity in no, Cam no. So that's why I say best best case scenario, he's a backup next year, or he has a Houston Texans job. Gotcha. Bring me to my next quarterback, who I feel like is now my quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping he's my quarterback. Uh, yeah, the guy sure. who actually <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> he signed the one year deal uh, with the New Orleans Saints last year. Really didn't get a lot of playing time, but I'm more than sure he feels very comfortable with the playbook. And more than uh, anything, the fact that Sean Payton speaks so highly about this ind- individual, it makes me believe that we really have our quarterback in house, as he mm-hmm. said, uh, Jameis Winston. Um, I really first let me get get what, what you feel about Winston, where he can be available, and ultimately where he will land. Uh, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We talk about this all the time. Uh, he's a saint, and um, I don't need any more confidence than Sean Payton and the way he speaks to this man. The way he's the way he spoke of him, even while Taysom Hill was the one out there starting for us during that five game stretch was mm-hmm. uh, revealing of how he really felt about Jameis. And then now that the season has ended, he speaks of Jameis as if he's already under contract. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, like the ink already dry. Yeah, like he got this man locked up for 10 years. He, that's how he talk about this man. So I definitely think that Jameis is uh, back in our uh, back in house next year. Um, mm-hmm. But if for some reason he slid outside of uh, the Saints organization, then I could see uh, I like the Colts. I like the Colts. I feel like they 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 weren't awful with Jacoby Brissett as, as their quarterback. I feel like Jameis Winston can give them, once again, it's been a year since we saw him as a starter, so we don't know exactly what the turnover thing. Like, I don't if, – if he's, if he's put that under control, his turnovers – he can get the Colts team back to where they were this year with Phillip Rivers if mm-hmm. he's not a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a quarterback that's not going to cost too much. He's not going to cost as much as uh, some of these other quarterbacks may, mainly because they're talking about uh, being traded for. So he's mm-hmm. a free agent quarterback who you can probably bring in on a deal uh, similar or probably less than what Teddy got uh, with Carolina uh, last oh, year. Oh, way less. Yeah, and well, we thought Teddy should have got way less, so that's why I say it. It depends on you know how you look at it, but I can see him going in there and getting them back to the same place Philip Rivers got them to last year. I think that would okay. be a perfect fit for him, honestly. Okay, so there's only one place that I would like to see James Winston next year, and that's our New Orleans Saints. I yeah. feel like he'll be doing himself a disservice. Uh, well, not a disservice because he didn't have a lot of options. I'm more than sure some other teams was interested. But I feel the ultimate decision for him, the the reason uh, came from him realizing he can sit behind one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it and one of the greatest offensive minds to ever call plays, Sean Payton, and actually learn. Like, unplug, let me see what they're doing. Let me see how I can be more consistent. Let me see how I can better myself. Oh, yeah. Drew's probably out, out of here next year. This can be my team. He knows the playbook. He's comfortable with the coaching staff. Um, he seems to be in some of the best shape 
in his, of his life from what I've ever seen mm-hmm. him to be. Yeah. Uh, we don't, he don't have to go here and be a, a leader in our locker room. He just have to go out here and not lose games. That's it. Yep. And I, I, I feel like he can do that for us. I feel like he's the best quarterback um, that's on our roster if he's brought back next season. And I feel like it will really be his job to lose. Uh, you spoke about Teddy Bridgewater. I feel like the only difference with Teddy was that Teddy uh, came to New Orleans and he had an opportunity to play, I think it was five or six games. He played five. Five. Uh, yep. Five and oh. Um, he played five games where he was called upon. The first two games was kind of shaky, mm-hmm. kind of like the Taysom Hill first two games. We didn't open up the playbook as much. Uh, we won one low-scoring game, I remember, with Dallas. It was something ridiculous yeah. or something, I believe. Um, but then Teddy went to Seattle, put on a pretty good show against Russell Wilson, and we pretty much blew them, blew them out until they scored a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. Why they even went for it, I don't understand, because they it wasn't a game at that point. But – uh, Teddy had games where he showed he can put the ball in the air and he can he can his legs still work. He can do some things. And I feel like that's why Teddy got that opportunity to get paid. And I feel like that would be the difference why Jameis Winston uh, didn't. If Jameis Winston would have got the opportunity that Taysom Hill played uh, had this mm-hmm. year playing in, was it six games? Was yeah. it five or six games? What if it was six? Yeah. Six games. I think he went five and one or something like mm-hmm. that as a starter. Now, if Teddy, if I'm sorry, if Jameis Winston would have got that opportunity and would have went five and one, we know his numbers would have been decent, better than what Taysom Hills was, uh, or you know, or whatever. Uh, of course, not the impact running the ball Taysom Hill had, but I think Jameis Winston would have showed, hey, I can read coverages, I can make throws, and yeah. I cannot turn the ball over in this offense. Then I think we would have a betting war on our te- on our hands. But I feel like him just having to beat out Taysom Hill in camp. Mm-hmm. Knowing Sean Payton is going to call this as fair as he possibly possibly can, I feel like it's his job to lose. Saints fans, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me for one second. Listen to me. Taysom Hill will not be our quarterback next season. Taysom Hill will not be our second string quarterback next year. Listen to me. Give up all hope on that. It's not going to happen. We know better now. He gave him five games or six games. Throw out the record. Go back and look at these games if you want to. Tell me that that man is a good quarterback. (laughs) Tell me that man is a quarterback at all. Please. (laughs) Sid been saying this for for years. And and somehow (laughs) still are vying for this man to be our quarterback. The he's best. not quarterback as of right now. See, this is real like, life, bro. Know what we got on, on, on paper <laughs> right now. But hopefully by by camp, we got Jameis Winston in the house. We have a draft pick in the house. And then we have Taysom Hill. And then we roll yeah. down. It's so funny. I remember we had the conversation, the what if Drew go down. And I'm like, well, he's our quarterback. No, Reds. He would not be our quarterback. There's no way yeah, that man is yeah. our Drew go down, Sean Payton stuck to his word, put him in. So, And a lot of Saints fans love him. In fact, I mm-hmm. would say more Saints fans love him versus hate the idea of him actually being our quarterback. Mm-hmm. I would say it's more 80-20. 80% of Saints fans want to see him get the opportunity to be our starting quarterback. They love what he can do with his legs. They love he brings on, he welcomes contact, and he's just a hard-nosed football player more than anything. They feel like that is enough to make us that much better with the help, of course, of the defense and Sean Payton. I'm not signing up 
to watch Tim Tebow in 2021. I'm not. That's and 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 that's probably and it, and it's probably uh, disrespectful for, to Tim Tebow for me to be comparing him to him. So <laughs> I yeah, I'm not I'm not signing up for that. The man can't read a defense. The man's uh, mechanics are poor. Uh, and he's already thirty. What are we gonna do with that, Reg? Like, like <laughs> go too far down this rabbit hole because you know how we can get on this. Right, subject. right. Yeah, let's well, let's is, go ahead and move on to the next one. That's definitely something we would keep an eye on. Uh, which brings me to uh, another quarterback that I want to speak of, which who I actually thought was going to be the whole vocal point of this offseason with the way last season, this season started, and that's Aaron Rodgers with them taking a the quarterback in the first round, him saying, well, obviously I'm not retiring in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I have to play this thing out, weigh out my options, and see what's the, be- the best thing available for me to let a part of my career. When a quarterback of that, of that, the reputation that Aaron Rodgers has, right, as a quarterback. Yeah. When someone like that becomes available and you know he can still play, teams go crazy. Mm-hmm. They sell out to get these guys. I really thought he was going to be the the quarterback or the player we, we talked about the most this upcoming offseason. Green Bay has already closed the door on that, said that they'll be bringing him back like yep. they should. And oh. – um, for I would say for more, a couple more years, not just next season, but for a couple more years. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to a quarterback who I could have seen in black and gold on Sundays. Um, I'm not a big fan of him, but I do like him, and I would have definitely welcomed him, uh, Derek Carr from the Raiders. Yeah. There's still reports out there saying that uh, he's possibly can be shopped around. We already know how his coach Gruden feels about the backup quarterback, uh, Mariota. Um, They seem to have liked each other. He's liked his style since college, and uh, it seems like, uh, he can really see a future uh, with Mariota. So Derek Carr, uh, I think he still has, is it two years left on his deal? Yeah, I think so. I think it's two. Two years left. Uh, they can be move, possibly moving on from him. Where do you see the best fit for him if he is moved? So Derek Carr is probably the only quarterback outside of Matthew Stafford uh, that's actually uh, that we've talked about. Well, mm, Matt Ryan to a degree. Um Derek, I mean, Derek Carr is a quarterback I feel like can fit in anywhere. I don't mm-hmm. think that he has to be a part of a specific scheme to be successful. I think he's just a, a, a really good quarterback um, and give him the ball and let him go. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to take your team on this one. I'm going to say the 49ers. Okay. Um, that's a hell of an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, mm-hmm. not even the marginal one that they need in order to be successful. That's a mm-hmm. hell of an upgrade. Um, mm-hmm. And he would definitely then, – then we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers in the same light that we're talking about the Rams right now. Uh, if you get a guy like Derrick Henry there – I mean, Derrick Carr, keep saying Derrick Henry. <laughs> if you get a guy like Derrick Carr there, then you're saying, well, look, they got the quarterback. They got the quarterback that's not going to go out there and lose anything for him. And if if need be, with the talent around him, he can go out there and win a game for you. Definitely. Um, so then we're saying, oh, well, now the 49ers are contenders, just like the Rams and Green Bay and Tampa Bay. That's the type of that's not the type of quarterback that the 49ers absolutely have to go out there and get. Because once again, a lot of these quarterbacks that we're talking about are better than what they already have. But Derek Carr is that's a marginal, like that's a big difference between him yeah. and a and a Jimmy Garoppolo, and that yeah. can definitely put them in the NFC Conference Championship game next year. 
One thing I like about Derek Carr is although he's, I feel like, is a good quarterback, I have him in that top tier three, possibly can slide into that tier two, mm-hmm. given the situation, given the scheme that he's in, the coaching staff, whatnot, uh, and so forth. Um, and you just spoke about the possibility, the possibility of what he can do if put in San Francisco. So there's this team that I'm not a fan of. In fact, I hate to see this team. I like to see this team lose because I really dislike their fan base at times, and that's the New England Patriots. Um, the Patriots need a quarterback. The Patriots can't afford to give up draft picks at this current position that they're in because they have to rebuild. Even the players that, that are proven are starting to age uh, on the defensive end. And I don't think they're going to keep getting top-notch play out of their secondary how they have for the last two years. Possibly they will even have to move move on from one of these corners that, that's well-known uh, to bring in a quarterback or another skill position. I feel like Derrick Cole would be a good transition quarterback for the Patriots for many reasons. Uh, he's not known for, for winning necessarily. Uh, he just got a run game with Josh Jacobs coming, coming available. But I feel like he would be the perfect quarterback who's not too old, not too young, that the Patriots could still groom and they don't have to uh, let go of the form in order to get him in. If you if you do move on and, and take him, the Patriots have players like Stephon Gilmore who they have to pay. They're not sure if they're going to pay him. So like New England normally do with corners, that's still good. They trade him. So this would be a situation where Oakland needs a corner. Uh, New England needs a, a a quarterback. Okay, we we have a base that we can start, and let's now let's add to it until we can get what we want to be on terms of agreement. But uh, Derek Carr, I definitely think is going to be moved, if not this year, then next year. Uh, and I definitely see New England playing, uh, being a contender in that. If they don't move him this year, I don't think they move him next year. If they don't move him this year, I think they let him play out the rest of his contract because obviously the confidence or the liking that Gruden has for Mariota isn't that isn't as strong as we believe it to be if he makes it uh if if he makes it as their quarterback this year obviously that liking is not as strong as we perceive it to be but I think Mariota only has one more year on his deal which is this upcoming year that's what I'm saying that's why I say if, if Derek Carr doesn't get moved this season uh in in favor of letting Mariota start uh, then what you know? Obviously, they didn't like. Oh, Mary. okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying next year because we're currently still in football. But yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah. All right, I got you. Yep, and that 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 brings me to the final quarterback. Um, and I hate to stay on QB so long. Like you said, it's just so many of them, and it's so uh, rare yep. that I feel like we have to touch bases with this one. This guy have a very unique situation. Uh, he was brought in uh, as a late. Uh, late rounder, uh, stepped in, won a bunch of games, got a playoff win under his belt, and uh, I don't want to say took the world by storm, but he won his locker room over pretty pretty quickly, yeah. uh, replacing Tony Romo and as uh, Prescott. Given the situation with the injury, we know he was already in negotiation with the Cowboys that really wasn't going nowhere. Oh. How do you feel that this plays out? I don't think Dak budges. Uh, even now, even after being injured, I don't think he budges. And but also, I never, I never thought Dallas was going to budge either. Um. So before he got hurt, I said they're going to let Dak play out this season. They're going to franchise tag him. If they can't come to an agreement after another year, they let him walk. Now I'm looking at it as, look, they offered you what they offered you. You fucked around and got hurt. Bad luck, but that's on you. I could see Dallas just moving away, clean slate. Like, 
look, we we just moving away from you. Yeah, they saying all the right things right now, and all that sounds good, but I can easily see they were buying for Matthew Stafford. Uh, they're going to be in talks with all these quarterbacks that become available this year, and if it comes down to it, I wouldn't be shocked if they roll with Andy Dalton uh, next season. That wouldn't shock me at all. Um, I don't think after all of the money that they put into an offensive line who's now aging and just breaking down because of injury, the money that they've invested in Amari Cooper, the money that they've invested in into Zeke, then they got to their quarterback, who you're supposed to take care of first, but why would they? He's a third, fourth-round pick. Uh, so you get to your quarterback, and now you're saying, as our quarterback, we need you to be the one to take the pay cut because I took care of everybody else already. And it's not a position that they can move. It's not a situation that they can um, avoid at this point. Like, they can't pay right. him the world without getting rid of some other pieces at this point. And right. I think that they're willing to, willing to bet on <clears throat> we can get another quarterback and pay him for less. And with the pieces that we've already invested in, we can still make something out of it instead of losing more pieces in order to keep Dak Prescott um, in-house. So I think Dak Prescott is out in Dallas after this season. I think he finds his way to Washington. So I told you before the injury, I don't think Prescott comes back to Dallas. Mm -hmm. And the right was on the wall. Yep. Every offensive lineman that Dallas had that's worth mentioning, with no hesitation, was made the highest pay, paid in their position, position. respectively. Yep. But they were made the highest paid. Then you trade for Amari Cooper. Offense takes off. Although Cooper shut down in, in big games and against top number ones, you made him the highest paid receiver in football. We all know running backs come a dime a dozen these days. And Zeke, who was coming off of his worst year as a, as a, as a player, you took care of him. You made him the highest paid running back in football. Then you get to your quarterback, which is the most important piece of the team, and you want him to compromise. You want him to take a pay cut. You want him to understand you have a salary cap, but you didn't do that for nobody else. Mm -hmm. One thing we know about Jerry Jones, if, uh, if the Cowboys have a player that's already on their team and Jerry still want him, he pays him. If there's a free agent that Jerry wants and he wants him bad enough, and he can't live without him. He pays him. He don't want. He don't want Prescott that much. See, I, I think I honestly I, think that this situation is different. Honestly, because in most cases, I agree with you. Like, if Jerry wants a guy, he absolutely, he absolutely does whatever it takes to keep the guy. Um, I honestly think this situation is different. I think he does like Dak Prescott, but once again, the timing of it you know, really fucked over him, if we're being honest about it. Mm -hmm. The fact that all of these great offensive linemen, because they were great offensive linemen when he paid them, for mm -hmm. all of them to, to come up before him and then Amari Cooper to come up, but because once again, he was a rookie when he started and a third-round pick, so you're not tied too much money to him. And all these other contracts came up before him. Uh, uh, Lawrence, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, what's his name? Demar, Demar. Uh, what is his name? Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Paying him, paid him too. Yeah, um, linebackers, everybody. 
Yeah, you paid all of the, and once again, I can't say that none of these players deserve yeah, the money. Mm-hmm. It's just it came in in an order that was uneat that made it almost impossible for really for them to keep him for the price that yeah. he wants at this point. And see, this is why I'm saying I'm not using it as an excuse. Jerry, this isn't Jerry Jones' first year being over team. Uh, he's not new to the way the salary cap works. He doesn't get surprised by numbers. When you're paying these guys, you understand sooner or later their deals are going to come back up. You're going to have to get them to renegotiate. You can't give in, You can't keep giving out top dollar. This is so why it's an excuse for me because you say that he doesn't get surprised by numbers. I guarantee you he's surprised by the number that Dak Prescott slid across that table. If it's forty really? to forty-two million dollars. So how how much? How, because how, because so, Sam, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and which was I'm quite sure in direct in direct correlation of the Patrick Mahomes deal of him trying of him seeing oh Mahomes got what fifty million dollars that means mm-hmm. my asking price needs to go up but mm-hmm. when Mahomes got that deal it was what thirty five million dollars which mm-hmm. was offered him okay so <laughs> and the reason why it's still not an excuse for me because if you're gonna tell me he was surprised by that asking for money based on Patrick Patrick Mahomes' deal is no way he wasn't surprised by Amari Cooper asking for more money than Michael Thomas and D-Hop. is no way he was surprised by... He was surprised by... Amari um, Cooper got $20 million, right? He's the highest paid receiver in football right he's now. He's the highest paid. Yeah, he got $20 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then you get Demarcus Lawrence who got paid like he Von Miller. He got Von Miller Khalil Mack treatment. I oh, mean, J- J- much, but he did. Get yeah, he, he, that dude got like I won't say eighteen million or something like that a year for Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, I mean that's 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 JJ Watt got twenty, and that was cream of the crop for years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's no way you found a way to do that for those guys. But then it gets to the quarterback position, and I'm not saying he don't like Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel he loves Dak Prescott. Yeah, because I mean, would you love Dak Prescott when it comes to when it comes to you parting with whatever these other pieces are? I guess that, and I, that's what it comes down to. Do I'm you think Dak it, Prescott is more replaceable than everything else that you've paid already and built around you? Built around. I, I am going to say I would rather have Dak Prescott on my team, if I'm the Cowboys, than any other player that they have paid thus far. Well, we're not talking about any other player. Now we're talking about making cuts. You know, now okay. we're talking about getting rid of people. Uh, and it's most likely going to have to come in a sacrifice of more than one player. So you're yeah. talking about getting rid of a few pieces in order to keep Dak Prescott. Is he worth that is my question. But, but I don't I, think he's wor- I don't think he's worth that because if if you tell me I have to cut two of those guys, then Dallas is really not worth talking about because exactly. with with all the talent they don't win. But what I'm trying to what I'm what I'm pushing right. My point mm-hmm. is this didn't surprise him. He he had years to get Dak signed up for whatever number you wanted to say. This should have been resolved last season, not the one that we're still in that we're waiting on the Super Bowl winner. This should have been put to bed last season. By whose standards? By by the NFL standards. You don't let a, a quarterback third round pick a fourth round pick. No, it, no, we bruh, don't. Do bro, if you we feel like you because what am I paying a fourth round pick? What what if am I paying a fourth round pick? 
And so look, so why did why okay? And I understand you with your third with your third round pick, fourth round pick, whatever. But forget pick. You have found your franchise quarterback. That's what that's the, what it boils down to. Obviously, if that's you, not what he was convinced of. Exactly, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. He likes that. He's just he's just not in love with that. Well, in that case, I'm the same way. I like Dak. I don't love Dak because I, that, I, I'm 100. Like the Carson Wentz, the Jerry Goff, those guys got paid. Uh, that was the same draft class, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys got paid. Those guys got the Super Bowls. Yeah. I'm not going out of my, and they were first round picks. I'm not okay. going out of my way to jump the and, gun on paying Dak when he hasn't gotten me anywhere. And my thing is with with Dak being a first round draft pick, if his career have has stayed the same. And they found themselves in the same situation. I just don't feel like he would feel any different about that, whether he was a first-round draft pick or a fourth-round draft pick. You can't base that on if I'm going to re-sign my franchise quarterback. You don't play with that. You don't let that franchise guy get into the final year of his deal. Well, you don't know if he's your franchise guy is the point. Okay, so, that yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't feel like they feel I don't I don't think that they feel Dak is their guy 100 percent the way they felt like they couldn't live with Amari Cooper. We can't live without having Demarcus Lawrence rush off mm-hmm. these ends. We can't live without Jalen Smith running sideline to sideline. Yeah, like he do. We can't live without without losing Ezekiel Elliott, who we feel like is the best running back in football when healthy. But when it comes to Dak, I think that's where. They say, okay, there's no way we overpaying for him. And I could agree you, with that. I could, yeah, agree, I, I, I could agree with I, that. I could see I how you saying that they looked at all of those positions and said, those guys are the, at the best of their positions. We're mm-hmm. going to pay them as such. And they got to Dak and said, you're not the best at your position. We're willing right. to pay you this, but you're not, right. you're not exactly. the best. I can agree exactly. with that. Yeah, yeah, because you, you have a lot of people, especially uh, Cowboys fans, who kind of feel like, Dak is asking too much or this just kind of caught us off guard or you know that's that, that's the case but it's not that it, it caught you off guard it's not the fact that Dak's Dak is asking too much it, maybe he is maybe I can't I vouch for that maybe he, maybe he is asking for too much <laughs> however if this is your guy right yeah you're not gonna overpay others and not take care of him if you know if you're if you're doing life, if you're looking at it life, I'm not going to overpay for a car, overpay for a pet, overpay for a living room set, overpay for my man cave. But then when I get to the house and I'm trying to cut corners, nah, yeah. bro, like that's backwards. You know what I'm saying? So I think that he likes that. He liked Dak Prescott. He can see a future with him. He's just not willing to overpay and bet the house on him. And I think, and yeah, I agree with you. I think that he even likes Dak enough to where if it didn't take any other moving around to get him that money, he would actually give it to him. But like you say, he's invested in so much outside of Dak to where now it's, I, I got to cut costs elsewhere in order yeah. to keep Dak around. You're not worth yeah. that to me. Don't I, tell me yeah. he started, yeah, don't try to convince me he started thinking about saving once it came time for Dak. He, he, it, it, nobody didn't tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, bro. We need to start thinking about this budget when it came to Dak. That happened long before Dak. It's just he don't think Dak is the player that others are. So that was the last quarterback. I want to say he's not. Like, I don't – I wouldn't be paying him Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not paying Dak like that. Now, I said I think he ends up in Washington. I think he does end up getting paid like that and great for him. Right. But if Mm -hmm. I'm – Just not in Dallas. 
I, yeah, if I'm if I'm that if I'm an organization, I'm not paying Dak like that. Gotcha. Well, that takes care of the quarterback questions to bring us to our last and final uh, topic for today, which would be a prediction for the Super Bowl. We have the Kansas City Chiefs uh, playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady got them here hosting a Super Bowl uh, in Tampa. How do you see this one playing out and who do you take to win? And Kansas City is a three point favorite uh, going into this game, too. Uh, I'm taking Kansas City like I. <clears throat> Which is crazy because they're in a position now to where they might be without two more of their linemen if things don't go right over these next few days. And yeah. even in those regards, I'm still taking Kansas City. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback we've probably ever seen. And if anybody tells you anything different, they're lying. Like, this mm-hmm. is this is the best quarterback that we've seen. Um, and this is what his third year as a starter and his fourth year overall and his second Super Bowl. Andy Reid is one of those coaches that we've always said is one of the best coaches in the league. Um, and this is he got to the Super Bowl with Philly and now he's there twice with Kansas City. And he, so let's do it like this. Bruce Arians or Andy Reid? Oh, Andy Reid. Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes at this point? Patrick Mahomes. You're going to take the receiver core of Tampa Bay or the receiver core of Kansas City? Kansas City is more dependable. Okay. Uh, tight ends? You're going to go Kansas City? KC. So defense. Let's just go overall defense. Overall defense, Kansas City. Really? Because I would take yep. Tampa Bay in that. I would take Tampa Bay in that regard. And all the reason why I say it is because when you when you say overall, I feel like Tampa Bay have more stars or more uh, recognizable faces and names on defense. However, when you throw in the fact that, okay, your defense may be better, but because my offense is so much better, how can y'all stop us? I feel like they're going to hold the same weight. They're going to average out and be about the same. Okay, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I would roll Tampa Bay, but I can see your logic in that one. Um, so, for well, I mean, you just went scratch. Like, everything you just picked was Kansas City. Definitely. <laughs> everything you just picked was Kansas City. How do they lose, you know? Yeah, um, And the only way going into this game, when I first looked at this matchup, the only way I could look at Tampa Bay and saying, oh, that's how they won that game, was them really getting to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Which is so hard to do. Um, not only, but I mean, their offensive line, Eric Fisher's not going to be playing. There's there's going to be weaknesses along that offensive line uh, whenever they line up against that Tampa Bay defense. But you still got to get to Patrick Mahomes. True. <laughs> you still got to get to him. And I sent you a, a graphic the other day showing that showing his um his percentage his percentage of uh, completed passes on the run. It's mm-hmm. higher than yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, standing still. Yeah, standing still. I can I I don't see a way. I mean, the only way is turnovers. If you're going to force Patrick Mahomes into a lot of turnovers, and then still you'll probably end up finding yourself in a shootout. So it comes down to which quarterback do I trust more, which receiving core do I trust more. That's Kansas City across the line. So I'm taking and- Kansas City and. I'm going to say that it's still a close game. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kansas City thirty-one to twenty-seven. So if you was to ask me how can Tampa Bay win this game, mm-hmm. I only have one answer, and that's Tom Brady. Uh, I'm not willing to bet that Tampa Bay defense wake up and become faster, smarter. Um, they can confuse Pat Mahomes and and derail this KC's offense to make them not be what we know them to be. This is an offense that have overcame double-digit leads in three straight games in the postseason and went on to win a Super Bowl. I don't think this Tampa Bay defense is going to give them problems like no other defense has. With that being said, the only guarantee, the only for sure thing that we know to some degree about Tampa Bay as a as a team is Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. This is the guy that you don't want to bet against. This is the guy who normally wins big games uh, more than lose them. Uh, even if he's not playing spectacular, I don't see him putting his team in a, a bind that he's the reason that they're behind in this particular game. So if you ask me, how can Tampa wind up beating Kansas City? I'm not going to necessarily say it would take Tom Brady to just flat out be so much better than Pat Mahomes come Sunday. But I think it can be Tom Brady making key throws in key situations to keep his, his team on the field and then in the red zone just being lights out. And I can see that being the difference in Tampa Bay beating KC. Yeah, and I, I can't see – there's nothing in me that can see Tampa Bay winning the shootout. That's why I say if Tampa Bay was to win, it's based on a defense being able to force turnovers and doing mm. what every other team in the league tries to do against Kansas City, which is chew clock. Try to yeah. eat up time and move the football down the field with Tom, with Tom Brady, which I'm sure they can do, but once mm. again – it's about that defense being able to not get scored on, which I'm not confident that can be the case. I can see Tom Brady having almost a perfect day against this Kansas City's defense. There's nothing in his defense that really concerns me um, facing Tampa Bay's offense. I trust Tom more than I trust his weapons. Everybody revert back to how great his receiving core is. This is the same receivers that drop a lot of balls as well. Though This, this isn't the Gronk of four or five years ago. You know, this isn't Antonio Brown uh, three, four years ago. You know, they're still, I don't want to say learning, but this is their first year playing together. So we see in the playoffs, we've seen Tom make wonderful throws and not all of them was caught. I feel like that will happen more than Tom having an off day. I really think Tom can go out here, call KC's defense up. Pat Mahomes might do the same thing to his defense more than likely. Exactly, that's the point. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but if anything crazy happens to make Tampa win his game, to me, I think it's Tom showing why he's the GOAT. I think Tom, like I said, I think Tom can go out there and have his way with that game. Tom can go out there and have the perfect game. And it's going to end like the Philly game did uh, mm-hmm. a, few, a few Super Bowls ago with him being on the wrong end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes down to the fourth quarter. Which offense do you do you trust to score quicker, Kansas mm-hmm. City or Tampa Bay? Can, well, Kansas City. That's why I can I can see, um, I can see a scenario where Tampa Bay is up twenty seven twenty four, game on the line. Patrick Mahomes got two and a half minutes. I trust Patrick Mahomes to go get that touchdown. Even with less time than that, I trust Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes to go get that touchdown, and I can see this game coming down to that. 
Um, so yeah, I, I got I, you. Like I say, well, the only I I can't I, I don't see Tom Brady having a bad game. I see Tom Brady being Tom Brady. I think that offense is gonna that offense is on the road. That offense is gonna roll. Who gets more stops? I mm-hmm. think the city is able to get more stops, and that's gonna I be agree the with difference. You. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. They're three point. I saw three and a half earlier. Uh, I have them winning by seven. Um, I have I have scored forty one. I say thirty four. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, but if Tampa Bay, it would be very interesting if Tampa Bay starts hot offensively and defensively and get an early ten point lead or early fourteen point lead because Casey normally starts slow. And if they do that to Tom Brady, I'm not sure they will be able to come back and win. I'm sure they'll be able to. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they, is it? That's what me and you would be watching for. If yeah, they do go up double digits, ten or fourteen mm-hmm. early at any point of the game for that. Yeah, event. if they up double digits, I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to come back and win. I don't think there's a team in the league where it'd be hard for them to come back and win, and it's just, and it's just because of what we've seen over the past few years with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, they never, they, they didn't do that against against Tom, though. You know what I'm saying? They beat Tom before, but they were they didn't find themselves down. I don't think double digits. Yeah, the one they won, all the one that the one that Pat Mahomes won or lost. I don't think he was ever down. By no, double not digits. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like I, that, that, like I'm not, I'm not. I, I once again, I love Tom Brady. I respect Tom Brady as the goat. Tom Brady only play on one side of the football field. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, and like, so does Pat Mahomes. Huh? And so does Pat Mahomes. True. They they play on the side that puts up points. Mm-hmm. And once again, you said that Tampa Bay team, if that defense come out there, start, start out hot, uh, and they are able to allow that Tampa Bay offense to go up 10, 14 points, cool. Now what, though? You know, you're going to be okay. able to, to, to keep allowing that offense? Because then, once again, then it's back on the defense. True. How, how many more and, stops can we get, you know? Yeah, Okay. I tell you what, there's something like you said with these rabbit holes. We could jump down and go down forever. Yeah. But uh, given the fact that this has already been, uh, I wouldn't call it a lengthy show. I don't have the time in front of me. It feel like a normal show to it's me. It's a lengthy show. No. It's a lengthy show. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna go ahead and end there, and we'll just keep that one. That's an in-house bet. Uh, I told you so. Between yeah, me and yeah, you, yeah. if it even comes to that. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know if you have anything else to to go over sports-wise for this show. No, man, that is it. Um, that is it for today. Aaron Glenn is our second. Uh, not Aaron Glenn, but I told you earlier, Chris Richard is now the New Orleans State secondary coach, which I find as a perfect transition uh, from one yeah. coach to another. I don't think we could have yep. got a better replacement right there. Exactly. Um, NCAA football is back. I saw that earlier, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> That's sports-related. Uh, next week, we will cover the Super Bowl. We'll probably get some NBA talk in. It's been some interesting things going on with Brooklyn, uh, with Very. the Lakers, and with the Clippers. Uh, That's a show by itself. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely mm-hmm. tap on tap into that next week. We appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, once again, we love feedback. Give us all your feedback. Give us questions. Um, we're doing. We're going to be doing this thing over the off season where we bring in people to talk about specific teams. Um, so we're looking forward to that. But man, definitely looking forward. That's that's all I got for today, man. Alright, thank you guys. We'll see you guys next week. I'm in the lead, you boys not in my league. If you listen close, I'm coaching say keys. Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a blanco. Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about line so.